Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. This is Kate Kalzek, who is happy to help tighten up that dancing pole for you. And uh, I'm joined as ever by Allison Shoemaker, who you know enjoys something that's you know like snow or like ice with fruit. Delicious until the oh, it's like snow with fruit. It is. <laughs> I went back. I typed it out. It is like snow with fruit, and I am also <laughs> like snow with fruit. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Latoya is not able to join us today um, due to the internet gods being you know vengeful. Um, but hopefully they're not she'll... vengeful. They just misplaced their powers. <laughs> hopefully, she'll be back with us on Friday. But today we are talking about season five, episode eleven, resting. Devil Vice. Thank you, Allison. I just can't. I, I don't give it the same flair. Well, I've been working really hard on my pip pip cheerio voice. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I enjoyed so much about this episode. We are going to kick things off with a little discussion of the um, uh, uh, of the the accents, right? I feel like it's a good place to start, and, and everything. And this, there's there's a lot to talk about here. I think in this episode, even while it feels like a setup episode for things yet to come I'm a little concerned about that but like like this seems like a really lovely scene unless it's setting something up for the future that's going to be terrible so see how we feel how we feel but what did you think of our cold open for those who haven't already read your twitter feed um i loved it so much uh i am a not i'm not what you'd call an imagine dragons fan um but I was already like, okay, sure, slow-mo, bro, walk, let's do it. And then the interruptions, I think, are, that's really what made it. And the reveal being that they were about to have um, the talk with their dad, uh, I I just thought it was really inspired. And I feel like maybe it shouldn't count as a called it because it was just me reacting to the episode in the way I was designed to. But I am feeling pretty good about my, hey, this kind of seems like they're talking about aging and and Alzheimer's and things. I'm feeling pretty good about picking up on on that particular thread. Yeah. Um yeah, it was it was a very fun opening to a an episode that I think is really excellent, but also pretty melancholy. And I agree, sort of calm before the storm. It's one of my favorite kinds of episodes where it's just really well made and it sits in the place in the season it's clearly supposed to sit it's not the big eventful episode and it's not all filler it's a a very successful step to the next step um but just as its own thing is also really satisfying um and man we got some scenes here that i just never expected to think were quite as good as they were but god and trixie forever (laughs) i want all the god and trixie scenes yeah well that's the other thing that we have i was like we're going to have to spend a chunk talking about is our Trixie fan club moments, because there's a lot to enjoy here uh, throughout the the episode for Trixie. Um, Vince and Marcus want to know if Latoya checked with her family because her internet powers are probably somewhere there. And Marcus thinks that hiding God powers in baby toys is always a good idea. Whereas Vince thinks maybe water guns or something that's regularly the washing machine. I um, think uh, Latoya's, if Latoya had God internet powers that she personally misplaced, they would be in a Chewy dog, in Chewy's dog toy. Not a dog toy that is Chewy. A dog toy belonging to Chewy, her dog Chewy. So I'm guessing like some kind of squeaky bone or something. 
Marcus wants to know if God put his powers in a water gun, would it sh- would shooting it bestow powers? No, clearly shooting it would be- would bestow Pinot Noir, um, which oh, just- and I think it would bestow baptism. Oh, there's that too. There's that. I have literally seen that actually <laughs> at the services. Um, <laughs> but uh, Vince says Lucifer's Moses joke made me laugh so hard and was therefore my favorite part of the episode. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to enjoy in this episode, but. For me, I think my favorite stuff, a lot of it does have to do with Trixie. And I really like how they are, uh, you know, like whether you're 11, she's totally 11, guys. She's 11 or 111. Maybe she's close to 111. Um, I like that they are addressing some of that and trying to, like, cut around and address the actor, you know, and everything. So to try to don't overthink the fact that she's clearly way too old. Um, but uh, <laughs> the... I like how they're dealing with all that. And I like that they are making her more perceptive and and in this episode, really actively changing how, you know, what we see of her dynamic with Chloe, at least. I still want to see way more of her with Dan because I don't have any sense of their relationship outside of it, that it's generally positive and he's a good dad. Um, but I really liked the stuff we got, we got with her here, not just with Dr. Linda, uh, who's like, you got, I mean, Trixie, come on. You're gonna, like, you're good, but you're gonna have to get up earlier than that to, to beat Dr. Linda at what she's doing. Um, and then also, uh, and, and the scene with Chloe, but I really like the stuff with her and Lucifer. It was so great. It was so great. Um, besides me just, like, Chris Farley, Chris Farley showing all over the Trixie stuff, do you have more specific thoughts, uh, Allison, on the, our Trixie content? Yeah, uh, I love the idea that that Trixie's developing personality is very obviously a mix of all of the parental figures in her life with, again, the possible exception of Dan, um, because I feel like that relationship, I agree, is pretty ill-defined. Um, and in this episode is mostly defined, defined by Dan's connection um, to, oh my God, uh, my brain just stopped working in the middle of a sentence. Amenadiel. Holy crap. Um, I wanted to say D.B. Woodside, and that's not the character's name. Um, in that they're both really freaked out about what happens to their kids now that in one case they know that heaven and hell are real. And in the other case, they know that the baby is human. Um, so I feel like that is probably in the future more to come. Um, but it was just wonderful watching Trixie be a kid who grew up around Maze and a kid who grew up around Lucifer and a kid who grew up around Chloe and was raised by Chloe predominantly um, because you can see all of those bits and pieces. She's just trying to do what mom does, but also what Maze does. And here is my question. Is handcuffing the kid who threw a first grader into a trash can a Chloe move or is it a Maze move? I would vote the latter. See, I would go more Chloe, but I would say he's showing up and just kicking Lucifer in the shin. Definite Maze move. Yeah, very Maze. Extremely Maze. I lied. Duh. Very Duh, yeah. Come on. Um, it was, yeah, it was really wonderful. I think it's great to follow up our sort of softer smile moment, our first Trixie sighting of the season with something more acidic. And I was like, oh, right, this is Trixie. This is the person whose nanny was a demon um, and who got all the best parts of Maze. All the best parts. Absolutely all the best parts of Maze. Um, the, you might call her the walking embodiment of the soul that Maze is growing or has grown, depending on what you think of that particular storyline. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great. I think, um, she's great. Uh, I think, um, she has a right to be mad at Lucifer. 
because he did just go to Florida <laughs> with no explanation. I was like, oh, right, that scene was Florida. Yeah, it was, it was Florida. Um, but especially, the for me, the scene of the episode is Chloe and God having a conversation while they're running away. I was very moved by it, honestly. I thought it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, with a little bonus, a little mention uh, to to God giving Ella a big hug and thank her for all the support. <laughs> Oh, it was so satisfying. Oh, I, Ella. I can't I can't wait for Ella to find out at some Is point. Is she gonna find out? It seems like maybe the cruelest thing that Lucifer could do is make Ella the only character who never gets confirmation because she doesn't need it. Well, I like for me and what I'm in, expecting, we'll see what happens. I'm expecting her to find out if she finds out in season six, after God has already like I'm assuming God is a one season character here. Um, so like, and to be like that, I met God's a good hugger. It was <laughs> like, that's what I'm expecting from her. So we'll see. But um, yeah, it, like I don't expect her to find out the season. I don't expect her to get, you know, the confirmation. And I like the idea that she doesn't need it. Um, yeah. But that Trixie God scene was absolutely delightful. Um, I, I thought they handled again. It was another good Trixie misdirect, you know, with maze and everything. And, the the conversation at the bar of like you could have killed me a bunch of times and you know it. Oh no! <laughs> Guess I didn't wanna. <laughs> Whatever. I did it for Trixie. That's why. Um, I, I like you know the the idea of growing a soul. Right. This is uh, something that is not a new new idea. We've seen this in other shows. Um, like the even just like I I always go to the Simpsons episode right with Bart and his soul. And like, and Lisa's the, like the end of that episode with Lisa talking about it. There are even those who theorize that you, you aren't, don't start with a soul, but you grow one over, over a long night of conflict or, you know, like that, I forget what the exact line is, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I like the idea that she is growing or has already grown a soul to some extent. And that's why, you know, like this, like, again, God's continuing this theme of you are just fine how you are. You don't need to change. And if you do need to change, you can self-actualize yourself as soul. Also, I will specify, I do not think that we know that that baby Charlie is human because God did not say baby Charlie was human. God said, or mortal. God said that he, it appeared as though he hmm. is mortal. That's a good and, point. And we know how, you know, the character likes to parse his language. All these characters like to parse their language. Mm-hmm. Um, in the chat, we have a, a mention of, of course, Ray Ray. Uh, Marcus wants uh, Ella to to know just, uh, just so that she gets the truth about Ray Ray, um, which I think would be absolutely delightful. Um, Vince wants to know, how does it fit with the self-actualization? God seems to be a big proponent of that. Yeah, I think, it, you know, I, I actually really like that answer. If, if you throw having a soul into this concept of self-actualization, I think that actually works way better with the show's uh, philosophy than some of the other ideas. Like the idea that, that Maze can't have a soul, but like the serial killers we've met do because they're human does not fit. But if they have self-actualized themselves to not have a soul versus having a Maze self-actualizing to have one because she is, because she wants one so desperately and has been changing and making these choices in her life and becoming who she wants to be. Um, but I think that actually works with the show. What do you, what do you think, Allison? Uh, I think I'm extremely worried about Dan is what I think. It's yeah. uh, one of my very favorite um, 
dramatic techniques is when you have two characters that are linked in some really important way, but who are also on opposite trajectories. And if there's a point where they meet at the exact middle, that is always fascinating to me. For me, the best example is um, the there's a play uh, called Take Me Out, um, where that happens right in the middle, where the sort of dual protagonists have a scene right in the middle of the play at which one is sort of leaping on this upward trajectory and one is on the way down. Um, and that's what Maze and Dan in the bar felt like to me. Um, because if Maze is self-actualizing herself as a soul, then Dan is self-actualizing himself to hell. Um, and that is terrifying. I think Kevin Alejandro is kicking the shit out of this season. He is walking this in this incredibly difficult line of playing what Dan is experiencing for very effective comic relief without ever making it a joke. It's the reason it's so funny is because it's so sincere, but if you flip your perspective on it so that you're not just empathizing with Dan, but you're living the story through Dan, all of a sudden it's not funny anymore. It's just Mm -hmm. a nightmare. Um, it's part of why I think the explodey gag was so effective because it's so shocking and horrifying and the revelation that it's not that God imagined it, that it actually happened. And then he just hit control Z mm-hmm. is a nightmare. And the fact that Dan, se- Dan seems to know that that's what happens. That guy needs a break. Dan has had it harder than anybody else on this show. Yeah. Um, and he needs, he needs a break. So I'm very concerned for Dan mentally physically spiritually all of the lees um and that would be true even if he was just worried about trixie going to hell but when you when you throw in everything else holy cow um so yeah my big thought on that is if maze is growing herself a a soul then what is happening to dan i'm really worried about dan for two different reasons and two different scenes i'm worried about dan for the chloe and trixie scene you know your dad and I love you and we'll always be here. We'll, we always got you. I was like, yes, that's exactly what she would say in a moment. That's what Trixie needs to hear. And it's beautiful and lovely. And also, it feels like the kind of thing that is included in, very intentionally by writers. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and also because they have made a point on this show that humans knowing about the celestial does not end well. And they have now three characters who know about the Celestial and two of whom have handled it really, really well. And they're not getting rid of Dr. Linda and they're not getting rid of Chloe. So that leaves Dan to be the human who, you know, is the more typical, like the reason that they can't just go around being like, I'm actually the devil, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, and, and he has felt more spared from that thus far. Um, but with sort of how they're uh, tweaking some of the stuff this season, I'm starting to get more worried about him on that front. If like the show feels like, well, it's too much of a cheat to let everybody be okay, you know? And, mm-hmm. and with Charlotte, there was like mitigating circumstances and then they killed her. The show killed her off. Um, uh, mitigating circumstances being that she was embodied by the goddess of all creation. So like, I feel like there's a separate, you know, kind of yeah. situation for that. Um, so, so yeah, I am, I am also worried for Dan. I don't think he's going anywhere. I hope he's not going anywhere, but I'm less certain of that than I would have been two episodes ago. Oh, I'm really worried. I think, um, the other thing that's concerning now that we're talking about it is 
especially if you discount Dan the Bad Cop as a sort of early series um, wrong direction with the character. And that is when I think we all felt the least connected to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Dan post-Bad Cop phase when um, w- when he was demoted, um, when he was feeling really complicated about his dealings with Maze and dealing with the guilt of that, that's when things started to get interesting. And then you add Charlotte in and it just, that's when the character absolutely took off, right? Um, so if you assume that that was just sort of, oops, we probably shouldn't have explored this piece of Dan quite so early, um, then what we have is a character who we love, whose best qualities are sending him on a downward spiral, right? Self-awareness um, is certainly like not, it's, it would be really great if he was a little bit more like Lucifer, right? If he was a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit more in denial, mm-hmm. um, the theme of this episode. So, it feels like the beginning of a really bad arc. And it also feels like the kind of arc you reward a great actor with after five seasons, you know, mm-hmm. like this, if we're going to, if we're going to see Dan head out the door, which I agree, that's sort of what it feels like. Um, let's make sure to give him lots of great stuff beforehand. And that makes me pretty worried. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I am somewhat comforted and then not by the return of the bracelet which is why i mentioned it last time um and the fact that it is um a a visual reminder of like we this is still dan he's trying he's you know he's having trouble he's struggling but he's this is what he wants to be um and then it's at the same time not comforting at all because it's not working (laughs) because he's you know he's trying to like like that scene of him at his desk where he's trying to like calm himself and center himself and you know I, I appreciate that as as much fun as they are having with Haysbert as God who is delightful and like he's like and look at all the good work you've done with the LA uh the not the state I mean oh, <laughs> I, that he's that but he is also completely it seems completely unconcerned with the trauma he just inflicted on Dan um he's also very much a dick. Uh, that is, I, I like that they're exploring that and the consequences of mortals, you know, for mortals of, of interacting with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is an excellent point here in the chat. Uh, Vince wants to know, can you imagine Dan trying to make sense of that in improv <laughs> class? Yeah. I think we've reached the extent that like, you got to take this, you know, if not to Dr. Linda, then somewhere else, because improv can't get you out of this one, man. Nope. <laughs> nope. In fact, it would be very bad for improv if you yes anded essentially spontaneous combustion um, that that kills any improv scene. So it would also ruin Dan's burgeoning improv career. So Which, you know, thanks a lot, it. God. <laughs> Uh, Vince says, last episode, Lucifer stopped Chloe investigating about her being a gift. This is something I would really like to revisit, not so much because I need an answer, but because it's obviously something Chloe is still hung up on. I loved that inclusion. And I also love that they're like, oh, we're not going to actually get into that. But we remember that this happened and she remembered that this happened. And this defensiveness is not just about Lucifer. The defensiveness towards God is also very much about her. That was, I appreciate that. Marcus says, I think the writers were more like, forget about that. It was just a delay. We were just trying to like, don't worry about it. Um, but we need to mention it because Clay's a character would still have questions. And I 
absolutely agree with Marcus there. Um, we see, we're almost out of time. We have not talked about um, Dr. Linda just being, again, uh, such a lovely, uh, like, like if, if you were friends with Dr. Linda and you were trying to put Trixie on the straight and narrow, I feel like you, there are not many better ways to go about like helping her get ready for a conversation that you know that you have you need to have than having her, you know, hang out with Dr. Linda and help watch baby Charlie a little bit, buttering her up with a bunch of sugar yeah, <laughs> and, and then going from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that stuff, but those scenes. Um, I also feel like we should talk a little bit about the case of the week. And- I feel like maybe we should acknowledge the case of the week because it is so boring. Um, it just, for me, I was like, oh, I, I, now I remember Lucifer is the show where the procedural is just even more just an excuse than most procedurals. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this season, it feels a little bit like, yeah, 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 mystery. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, mystery. Um, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, mystery. Um, although I do think the resolution was pretty satisfying, especially because I was expecting to connect the Almighty with God for obvious reasons and the revelation that the thread that we should be sort of pulling taut here is between God and the surgeon I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I misguessed who it was based on Latoya's thing. I was like, it's guy with the sign. I just text her, guy with the sign done it. Because I was like, why else do you give that guy a line of dialogue if he's not going to come back? Because, you know, like for budgetary reasons. But apparently they did. Because it was Maybe it was one. a cameo. Maybe it was somebody in the writer's room. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I texted her shortly after. Ooh, or is it character actor whose name I should remember who I've seen in a bunch of things playing the doctor? I'm going to go with sign guy. Should have stuck. Should've, you should have. You know. Um, yeah, that, I thought that was that was a good resolution to that. But I, I also thought that, you know, there was an, another important element that, you know, what they're doing well, I think, with this half season so far is, yes, you know, way, hand waving away the cases of the week, but using them to really bring up good character stuff. So here mm-hmm. it's bringing up with God and Lucifer, like you, this is how you see yourself. And like that's re- that really shakes God. And why and and you know like so showing, you know first of all establishing for the audience just where Lucifer is with his devil face and his powers and all of that. Uh, also, <laughs> don't think about the police brutality, please. Um, uh, but the you know, using that moment not just to establish you know the the threat to God and how this will hopefully inform his experience and his relationship with his his family and also all of creation. But also then to deepen, um, you know, to deepen their dynamic and the, the amount of honesty we've seen between those two characters. Yeah, um, I agree. I think that that's a really great point. And I think Haysbert does so much heavy lifting in that respect. He's really, in addition to being currently the funniest member of the cast, I laughed more at his facial expressions than anything else. He could, like he would wave and I would just start laughing. Um it's also an, just an incredibly subtle, strange, but he ha- is doing that thing that Trisha Helfer did where you can just tell that that's not a human being. Um, and you're sort of simultaneously repelled by and attracted to them. There's like a an alien quality that's also immediately recognizably human. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. It's like, um, you know, the scene in The Born Identity where <laughs> Matt Damon remembers how to fight a guy but doesn't know that he doesn't know how he knows it's like that it's that kind of energy um 
And I think, I mean, this, his honestly might be my favorite performance in the whole show so far. And we're only in his third episode. So I'm very excited to see what else he's going to do um, for the show. I just, uh, Marcus is asking the question I'm asking in the comments. Could he break through and get Lucifer a best guest actor Emmy? I think he deserves that. I think that is probably unlikely, alas, but you never know. If Netflix threw some money behind it, he um, is one of those actors that's beloved. Maybe we all just need to tweet about it a lot. <laughs> well, I, say, I think you'd likely are with uh, uh, Gold Globes, but they're not happening next year. So Yeah. But he is uh, really, really excellent. It's it's uh, one of those genre performances that makes me wish that people took acting in genre series that aren't Game of Thrones more seriously. Because it's really, he's dynamite. And the one I've been actually really keying into the performance is uh, Lauren German. I oh, think yeah. She's been so terrific this season. And again, with the less showy stuff. And I assume they'll give her some, you know, I saw, I, I, I don't know why I said this. I saw a picture of her with crimped hair. So I was like, oh, undercover Zoe's, <laughs> Chloe's back. I don't know why. Just anytime I see her with crimped hair, I'm like, that's, that's got to be undercover. Um, so, so who knows if she'll get flashier stuff to play, but I think she's been really terrific. Um, in that those grounding moments and just really showing where Chloe is, where she's come from and how, how she is just how she has been shaped by these experiences and how she has grown. She's doing a great job with me. Chloe a adapts to the idea that that's God immediately. Right. Because Mm -hmm. at this point, why not? You you've already wrestled with all of this information. Sure. Another thing, but what, she's doing really well is the moments where all of a sudden it becomes totally surreal again. And then she just pushes it like, Nope. So (laughs) the example in this episode is when she's like, uh, I'm sorry, God is missing. God is missing. And then just goes back to work. And we also then get awkward kiss, hug standoff, which was wonderful. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's, I agree. She's really killing it. Uh, So is Leslie Ann Brandt. That yeah. that final maze god scene just ripped my guts right out, L- like with a like a bird hooky knife. <laughs> what are those called? Latoya would know. Yeah, with those the, those things, the, the maze thumb knives. knives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, do we have any final thoughts on these episodes, Marcus and Vince? Throw it in the chat if you uh, have any other thoughts you wanted to share. Allison, any final thoughts on resting devil face? Devil face, resting devil face. Um, no, I just I really loved this episode. Uh, I think it made me say out loud to no one because Tom got called into work today. I think this might be my favorite Lucifer season so far. And it's a half season, whatever. I'm so tired of half seasons. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but 5B is, I think, so far my favorite chunk of Lucifer episodes. It's like nothing but dust in the wind. Mm-hmm. Nothing but dust in the wind over and over <laughs> and over again. The whole way. Well, yeah, I, I've, I'm really enjoying it. I'm worried, but, you know, I'm but I'm enjoying it. So I, I think where I end up with this season may be directly proportionate to how much Michael ends up being in it, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> Small mercies. I'm grateful but, that we're getting a Michael reprieve for the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know what else I'm grateful for? The throwaway joke about God going to the zoo to relive creation. <laughs> That was my Vince really loved the Moses joke. That one was mine. Uh, Also, God getting a brain freeze. Oh, what delight. What infinite delight. It's like you created this. You're the 
You're experiencing it. Like, are you just, are you maybe reconsidering this particular choice? Oh yeah. The closing his eyes. And then it's like, let there be light. Yeah. Just really, this is the writing on this episode is incredibly sharp, like really smart, fun, all winners. Yeah. They've, they've, they've been getting just like the right amount of mileage out of all the God jokes. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're throwaway enough. They're like, you know, centered enough. It's, it's been delightful. Yeah. Um, oh, I keep forgetting, but shout out to Nicole. Nicole, hopefully you're listening to this by now. One of our listeners reached out um, trying to to catch up with Lucifer episodes, um, the streaming place since she was watching the show and trying to find the back catalog of the early Lucifer episodes. And then I was like, OK, well, here's how you do it. And and thanks for listening and everything. And then I, and I was talking with Noel on the main podcast. I was like, yeah, by the time she hears this, we're probably the time she finishes watching these episodes and catching up with the podcast, she'll pro- we'll probably be on hiatus um, for my maternity leave. And then, like, she emailed, like, then I say, no, I'm caught up. <laughs> so, like, that's how you do it, right? That is, Amazing. That is that's what I would do. So. Good job. Anyway. Team Nicole. Team Nicole. Um, okay, so, let, yeah, dedication. Exactly. You know, that's that's how I am with podcasts. Um, so, Allison, you know the next title. I do. I do. Marcus, are you okay if I share it? Because I, I sort of want to be able to watch Kate's face. Great. Okay. <clears throat> I promise... I'll hand over episode title announcing duties to you the next time Latoya is not here, if that happens again. All right, Kate, prepare yourself. The title of the next episode is Daniel Espinoza, Naked and Afraid. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that can't be good. That can't be good. I mean, I'm laughing because it's a very funny title. It's a very funny title. And if it was a different killing season. It. Well, like, okay, so that title of episode in a different season of Lucifer I would be so excited about because it would definitely be a comedy episode with like yes. a couple beats of pathos here and there. But in this season of Lucifer, I'm very concerned. So I can't even fully enjoy the episode title because I'm too worried for Dan. Yeah. If it, if this was season, I don't know, three, I would mm-hmm. assume that Dan's improv career gets him recruited for a reality show. And we're mm-hmm. going to get like a character centric one off that's just for fun while they're off filming the finale that Dan's not a huge part in, right? I'd be very excited about it. Um, nope. Not that's not how I'm feeling. You would get into hijinks with Ella or with Lieutenant Bland somehow, right? Like that that would happen and it would be super fun. And yes. <sighs> yeah. I'm just worried. I'm worried. I'm worried for I'm worried for our bracelet bros. Um we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh Ben says, I think it's probably the day after a very booze-heavy night out. Yeah, Maze needs to remember that she's dealing with a very fragile human. She cannot expect him to drink at her level. And she should probably cool it with the hell talk. Ixnay on the L hay. Yeah, that would probably. I I, I did enjoy the, oh, hell's great. Oh, for you. No, you're you're gonna gonna hate it. Yeah, the look at, like I said, Kevin Alejandro is killing it. The look of, like, disbelief and joy mixed on his face and then watching it just fall he's really killing it (laughs) oh man well we're gonna be back on friday to talk about that episode um hope hope that's okay gotta go watch the episode now this is gonna have to happen (laughs) um and thank you vince and marcus for joining us in the chat uh thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next time bye bye 